You've heard the cliches, I'm sure, many times. Together we stand. We're in this together. We're in this together, of course, you hear probably more than any other. And you've heard it especially during the time of this coronavirus crisis. Well, a longtime friend of mine, who now lives in Overland Park, has taken the idea of coming together literally. Earlier this evening, he organized a special gathering for those that wanted to just take take some time to sit back and pray. It didn't last very long, but I think he had a lot of people that wanted to be a part of this and were very enthused about it. I want to hear what he had to say about this project and see how well it went. The person I'm referring to's name is Doug Reed. He is my guest tonight on the New Directions podcast, and Doug will join me on the other side of this break. Whenever you're on Facebook, I invite you to stop by my New Directions podcast page there. It's the New Directions podcast at RKC70. And I have details on certain stories that I have covered on the show, some that I will be covering in the future, and some that, who knows, may not have even come up yet. There are some folks that are on that show, on that page, that is, that I've been following, too. So please check all of this out. It's the New Directions Podcast at RKC70. Available on Facebook. Next time you're there, check it out. A good friend of mine had a very special prayer gathering this evening. And this was an example, a literal example, of bringing people together. It's my pleasure to bring him in via Zoom tonight. Mr. Doug Reed, long time no see, sir. How are you? Hey, how are you? I, I, I enjoy listening to your podcast, and I appreciate your note earlier to invite me to come talk about uh, what we did tonight. Pleasure's all mine, my friend. Glad to have you on board. I want to hear about this. What, what exactly went on? You know, Terry, I was sitting uh, after Easter Sunday, and I was thinking to myself, it's so frustrating that uh, I know everybody I talk to you know, always wants to say that uh, I wish there was something I could do. I wish there was something I could do. And then I started thinking to myself, you know what? I don't know if there's anything I can do, but why don't I try to rally as many friends of mine together through social media, get them online at the same time, and let's just spend 15 minutes of our day on a specific day praying i mean the one thing we all have we all have a pipeline to uh to uh, you know our god and uh when you think about what he is and what he can do for us i mean why not utilize that i mean that's one thing that uh, i think people overlook in their daily lives is there is a direct pipeline so i got them all together we, we i did a facebook event of all things terry and uh sent out about 140 invites and what i was so thrilled with was i left the uh event open on facebook so that other people could invite their friends and family and it swelled to about 320 different invites that went out 
and you know, I could tell people were reading it because people were sending their notes back in saying, we're in, we're in, we're in. And I just basically asked them to spend between 6 p.m. and 6.15 p.m. to shut off their phones, turn off the news, shut off their laptops, and just sit down with their family and pray. Just simply pray. And I left a caveat open in my email or on my instructions, Terry, that, hey, you know, whoever you pray to, don't care, don't care, just pray for 15 minutes, let's get through this, let's pull together, let's get through all this that we've been through, and I gave a suggested list of some obvious things, you know, but I left it open-ended to let anybody pray for whatever they want to pray for, so I hope they did, I got a lot of positive responses back, I know my family, we sat together, we actually, we actually overshot our 15 minutes, I had uh, my three sons, and Michelle and I sat, and I think we went about 20 minutes, but it was really a fantastic experience. Well, that's a good thing. Was this something that you were just doing locally, or you wanted to do it nationally, too? Oh, Terry, I just sent it out to uh, my Facebook list. I mean, I had people on my Facebook list from all over, but, uh, I mean, hey, what would be fun if this thing would grow and we could find another date and, you know, around the country? I mean, you know, Terry, the one thing I get a kick out of, I get a kick out of when I talk to young people, especially when it comes to elections, and I'm not getting political here, but people, they say, especially young people, they say, well, my vote doesn't count. Well, guess what? When you put all those votes that do count together, somebody ends up getting elected, right? So I'm thinking to myself, why don't we take all these people who may think that, hey, my prayer, how, how is my prayer going to be heard amongst this forest of prayers? Well, let's all get together at the same time. Let's try prayer. What I said, Terry, I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? Huh? You know, what's the worst thing that happened? Everything stays the same? About right? right. About right. I mean, that's the absolute worst thing that could happen uh, by doing this. So I just, you know, it, it was just something I, I felt we needed to do. I just, I wish more people would pull together. I mean, we get so caught up in trying to play blame games and, and point fingers and say, well, why didn't this guy do this? Or why didn't this guy do that? And, you know, I just thought, let's just... Stop the clock, 15 minutes, let's all sit down, let's all pray together. And it wasn't a Zoom thing, it wasn't a teleconference thing, it was just everybody on their own. Sit down with whatever their family looks like. I'm sure there were friends of mine who were sitting down by themselves. But just spend that 15 minutes with the news off, the phones off, the laptops closed, just in prayer. That was my goal. Did you get, how, big a, how big a response were you able to get? I sent out about 300, well, I sent out 140, 150 invites. It swelled to over 300. Um, I had um, probably the majority of those people had, had responded back saying that they were in either via a message back or by just accepting the invite and saying they were in. Um, I got a kick out of some of the people that um, sent me back on maybe. If you're familiar with Facebook, you have an option of saying, you know, I'm in, maybe, or can't go. Right. And I thought, well, so these people who said maybe, I guess I wasn't clear enough in my description that this wasn't something that was necessarily chiseled in stone. It was just an idea, all right, that um, we get as many of us together. So, yeah, it, you never know. I mean, personally, Terry, anything good that happens between now and the next however much time, you know, I'm going to attribute to this. So it's just the way I believe. You strike me as a man of faith, Doug. You seem kind of strong as far as getting something like that together. Um, are you going to try something like this again sometime in the not-too-distant future? You know, why not? What could it hurt? Again, what is the downside? Absolutely nothing. I mean, look, if 
if I can bring one person closer to a spiritual relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what what did it cost me? It cost me nothing. And it cost me nothing, right? And what's the downside? I mean, uh, there's absolutely no downside. I mean, no downside at all. That's That sounds mighty, mighty good. It's you, Michelle, and your three sons then, huh? Pretty good-sized family. Well, my, my daughter, Sarah, she couldn't come over to our house tonight, but she was with us. She and her husband, John Powers, they were sitting in their home. They were uh, in prayer with us uh, um, at the same time. But, um, yeah, it was uh, uh, my three sons and my wife and I, and we, we literally sat around our table. We all took turns. Um, I had asked uh, everybody in my family to do two things. One, uh, come up with a, a inspiring verse that maybe they've been relying on um, uh, to uh, uh, get them maybe through this. And then uh, my second thing was to come up with a list of things they would like to pray for. And I was really, really impressed. I mean, you think you know your kids, right? But I mean, when I heard them literally bear their souls and finally get down to what they wanted to pray about, it was, it was emotional. Don't get me wrong, it was very emotional, um, but it was very, very lifting for me personally just to hear what my kids thought about it. I mean, look, I've been on a six-week quarantine, so my wife and I talk all the time. I have a pretty good handle on what she <laughs> is worried about and what she thinks about. But, right. you know, my kids aren't so open at that same level, and to hear them really sort of, um, I hate to say the word spill their guts, but to really get that deep down, and, and, and I, I'm very comfortable with all my kids that they have a, a, a very um, uh, strong relationship with our Lord, um, and they spoke from their heart, and it was just absolutely, uh, yes, it was emotional, I'll, I'll give you that, sure. but it was a very, um, uh, I don't know, it was a very fulfilling time for our family, and I sincerely hope that the other people that were on this list that we were able to reach out to took that time, like I said they did, and really just held their hands together, bowed their head, and collectively all of us say a prayer because, I mean, come on, Terry, have we ever needed more prayer than we do right now? I mean... I would say no. I mean, people are, are dying, people are scared, people are unemployed, people don't want to know, and Terry, I don't even... I can't even imagine what I would, what my mind would be like if I didn't have a relationship with our Lord during this, this, this time. I mean, this, this time in our life, I, I, I feel so, I don't know. I can't even fathom what the feeling must be for somebody who has nowhere to turn. I, I really, I really don't even know. I can't even put that into my head, Derek. A little where, to, where could I go, but to the Lord type action, I would say, Doug. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, faith is a very powerful thing. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the entity that created everything. And, and, you know, the one thing we all have, once we understand who he is or, or what he is, is, is we have a direct connection, and that's through prayer. And when we can pray, when we can sit down and be very thoughtful and put our thoughts together, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking to the person in charge. And, and I, I don't think enough people understand that, Terry. I agree with you, Doug. They they don't they don't know what we already know. Jesus exactly. is there. That's exactly it. They don't know what we already know. And you know, there's so much of. I'm sure, you spend your time. I know you spend your time, and I try when I can to just open the door for that thought process for people to, you know, come to that connection on their own. I mean, and and 
know, for those people that I know that, that have made that connection, have, have found that connection, I mean, I, it, it, it lightens my heart so much because it's times like this when we have to have that connection and mm -hmm. we need to know what that connection is. I know that when I knew you guys and grew up with you, you were very active in the church. I, you're at a different church now. First of all, what church are you with now? Well, um, I am a Presbyterian by default, and that uh, not Presbyterian. I say that only because, uh, if you remember, I, uh, my wife, Michelle, is a church organist. And, I remember. Um, uh, she uh, has been uh, the church organist now at Knox Presbyterian. Uh, obviously grew up in the Methodist church with you. Right. Um, but, um, you know, especially when we had younger kids, it was much easier just to go to the church wherever Michelle was playing the organ or the piano, right? That's right. So, um, but she's been the church at the Presbyterian, Knox Presbyterian now for over 20 years, 22 years, I think. And um, uh, so I consider myself, I think we officially did uh, transfer our membership to the Presbyterian Church. But um, uh, so I, I would I would honestly say I grew up Methodist, but I'm currently uh, Presbyterian. Uh, you're very, are you guys just as active then as you were in Shawnee? Well, we try to be. I mean, Michelle's in charge. You know, I, all my kids have gone up to the youth group there at Knox Presbyterian. It's a fantastic program. Um, you know, unfortunately, my job over the last 10 years, I travel extensively, mm -hmm. extensively, mm -hmm. uh, 220 hotel nights every year. Not this year. I'm not going to hit my 220 hotel nights yet <laughs> this year. But uh, normally, uh, I'm on the road continuously, so uh, I, I try to participate when I can, but I know it, one of my, I always tell Michelle, one of the anchors that really helps keep me sane is knowing that we have that church home for Michelle and, and the kids, and that Michelle's actively engaged in their ministry with her music, and, you know, the programs there they offer for our kids have just been fantastic. That, that, that is a good thing. It sounds to me like you and I have known each other a long time, and you were strong in your faith then. You're just as much now. One final question. I know musically you were, you did the... I'm sorry? Stronger now. I beg your pardon. Stronger now, Terry. I beg your pardon, Doug. Do you still play trumpet? Terry, I tell you, I, I, I did up till about 10 years ago. When I took this current position that I am now, I, in fact, I always joke with my wife that there's this whole long list of things I used to do before I went to work with this current company. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, no, I don't. And I did, though, for a long time. I played in... Uh, three different bands in Kansas City uh, between college and, 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 and uh, 10 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, enjoyed it and you know I still have those crazy dreams all the time about still playing in those bands it's funny sure. but uh, I still have it I uh, actually you know what's funny Terry now that I've been home for what five weeks now and on the road I got it out the other day and I looked at it and I I should have started to play, but I didn't. I just put it back on the stand, and but I will. I'll get back to it. I'll I, get back to it. I don't do baritone anymore. I've moved to strings. I do no, guitar. I know, you have. I know you have. Guitar and banjo, bud. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Uh, well, how about if we end this segment with a word of prayer? And since you're the one who led this, why don't you lead this one? Terry, Terry, you humble me. I mean, you are you are ordained in the cloth, and you're asking me to do this. I mean, come on, you do this professionally. Well, I'm not or, I'm not ordained yet. I'm a lay leader, but I'm oh, going to try to be a minister pretty soon. <laughs> Terry, I'd love to. Dear Lord, we ask you, please, please. You know we're suffering. You know we're scared. You know that we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we do know what you are, we do know what you mean, 
please, please be with all of our families. Please be with our families. Maybe they're suffering through this virus. Maybe they've uh, um, recovered from this virus. Please be with all of those caregivers out there that are literally, uh, from what I understand, risking their lives to be able to help and save people. And please be with all those people that are out there that are keeping our grocery stores open. You know, these are people that don't get a lot of praise sometimes, but you know, they're keeping our, our, our food sources open, our livelihood open, our pharmacies, our gas stations. I mean, the things that we need to get around this world. And one thing special and near and dear to my heart, Lord, is please, let's watch out for our servicemen and our service women. I mean, I can't imagine being in a foreign country in harm's way and hearing bits and pieces of news from the homeland and not understanding what's really happening and how it's affecting all of us and having to do a job and with that burden in your heart that all you want to do is just get back home and protect your family please be with those people but anyway lord i know you're in charge i know you're here with us i know you're guiding us please be with us lord and understand that those of us that know who you are and know what you mean understand that we know you're in charge anyway in, in your name lord please hear our prayer um amen amen doug it has been way too long my friend <laughs> terry it's been a while i really enjoy your podcast terry and uh, keep doing the good work all right i appreciate it thank you for coming on with me it meant a lot all right terry thank you thank you doug we'll see you again Cheers. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that man was a longtime friend, and it was so good to have him back with me tonight. Doug Reed right there. We're going to have a pandemic positive on the other side of this break. Terry Runyon here from the New Directions podcast with a special message from In Kansas City Magazine about these times that we're living in right now. In Kansas City thrives because of our local content and most importantly our local advertisers, both online and in the magazine. In this time of uncertainty, please shop local, eat local, and do whatever you can to support local Kansas City businesses. Keep calm observe all preparedness advice, and carry on. This is from the people who scratch the surface and show you things about Kansas City that you may not have known otherwise. In Kansas City Magazine. We've been a little bit behind because of the format I had especially for last night's show, and was it deliberate? You better believe it was. But I am back tonight, and I am welcoming you to tonight's edition of Pandemic Positives, or what the news outlets will not ever tell you pertaining to the coronavirus. I have a couple of positives that I wanted to share with you this evening. And I'm in the process of getting there. Well, okay, I'm going to use that one as a final thought. I'm going to a different one. Hang on. 
I want to share a story with you, courtesy of Fox4KC.com, and this was dated, I had put it on this page on the 9th of April, and I want to share this with you right now about a lady who was 103 years young. A great-grandmother says that courage, hydration, and faith helped beat the virus. I think I'm going to just let this story tell you. It's a dateline out of Rome. She's still in the hospital. Okay, that didn't quite go the way I thought it would, so we'll go this direction. Dateline Rome, Italy. To recover from the coronavirus as she did, Ada Zanuso recommends courage and faith, the same qualities that have served her well in her nearly 104 years. Italy, along with neighboring France, has Europe's largest population of what has been dubbed the super old, people who are at least 100. As the nation with the world's highest number of coronavirus deaths, Italy is looking to its super old survivors for inspiration. She said, I'm well, I'm well. During a video call with the Associated Press from their Maria Grazia residence for the elderly in Lasona, a town in the northern region of Piedmont. I watch TV and read the newspapers. Sanusa wore a protective mask, as did her family doctor of 35 years beside her. Carla Ferno Marchese, who also donate, donned eyewear and a gown that covered her head. Asked about her illness, Zanuso is, mod is modest. She said, I had some fever. This photo, before I go further, there's a photo that you could see on fox4kc.com that says in this photo, dated on April the 6th, 103-year-old Ada Zanuso poses for pictures at the nursing home Maria Grazia in Lasona, northern Italy, after recovering from, co from coronavirus infection. To recover from the infection as she did, it was all courage and faith, something I just said already. Her doctor said Zanuso was in bed for a week. We hydrated her because she wasn't eating, and then we thought she wasn't going to make it because she was always drowsy and not reacting, Forno Marchese said. One day she opened her eyes again and resumed doing what she used to before. The doctor recalled when Zanuso was able to sit up, then managed to get out of bed. What helped her get through the illness? Courage and strength and faith, Zanuso said. It worked for her, so she advises others who fall ill to also give yourself courage and faith. Corona-19 can also cause mild or moderate symptoms, coronavirus that is. Can, can cause mild or moderate symptoms, and most of those who are infected recover. Let me say that again. Coronavirus can cause mild or moderate symptoms, and most of those who are infected recover. That's a positive that nobody right there will ever, ever tell you. But the elderly and those with existing health problems can be at high risk for more serious illness. The virus has killed nearly 18,000 people in Italy and over 88,000 worldwide. 
The World Health Organization says 95% of those who have died in Europe were over 60 years old. Under Italy's five-week-long lockdown, which is aimed at containing the spread of infections that have overwhelmed hospitals, visitors aren't allowed at homes for the elderly. Her doctor asked Zanuso what she would like to do when they open the doors. I'd like to take a lovely walk, she replied, and your three great-grandchildren watch them play together. Deaths, hospitalizations, and new infections are leveling off in Italy, and Premier Giuseppe Conti is expected to announce in the coming days how long the lockdown will remain in place, with expectations that some restrictions could be closed. For now, Zanuzo is isolated from other residents as she awaits a follow-up swab test to confirm she is negative for the virus. And I'm going to stop at that point. One of the things that I have absolutely hated about this virus was the number of times that people were isolated from their families. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. It is my hope and my prayer that people will find a way, somehow, some way, to find a cure for this virus. I would like to believe that people are actually doing this, but given the number of updates we have had over the last several weeks, I am really doubting my belief at this point. I hope and pray that somehow, some way, it's going to happen. I have to believe as a person of faith that it will. And Doug, thank you very much, by the way, Doug, for being on with me. It meant a great deal to have you. You, you have grown in your faith as well, my friend. And I appreciated having you on. It meant a great deal to me to have you. We, the brothers and sisters of faith, are carrying the torch to make absolute, for better things to come. I am going to close this segment with a song that I know I've played before. I do not know whether this song is on my survey this year or not, but it seems appropriate to play it at this point. I am looking for it right here. I had originally played it on my blog talk radio show. Let's go ahead and get that up right now. It is a song that Glenn Campbell sang in Austin, Texas originally several years ago. It is a gospel song. And I am still in the process of trying to get on, get this song. Here we go. And it's right here. What the heck? Let's just let Glenn introduce Thank it. Thank you. Take it away. I went down to, to Nashville and did a, a, a gospel album that's going to be out on Word Records out of Waco. 
And uh, I'd like to do a couple of songs out of it. This one was written by Michael Smotherman. It's just uh, a song. Just, I like them anyway. <laughs> right, to have a little faith and have a little hope's the name of it, right. Long ago, when very far away, there was an evil land where evil people had to wait. And a faithful man named Daniel led to the lion's den. So he grabbed old Daniel, and he threw old Daniel in. He makes it rather simple, God does, doesn't he? Have a little faith and have a little hope. And leave the rest to him. That's about all we can do. The crisis is going to end, my friends. It's just a matter of when. I have to believe that. And I hope a lot of you do too. I'll look ahead to tomorrow night and final thoughts and the debut of another list to close things out here on the New Directions podcast right after this. As I look ahead for tonight, I'll look ahead for tomorrow's edition of this show, I'd like to have you listen to a few different spots. And this is going to deal with what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night here on the show. Hi everyone, I'm Fox 4 meteorologist Joe Loria. Many of you may remember about, oh gosh, about 10 years ago, I lost a dear friend and colleague to mental illness. I want to take a minute to tell you about the Kansas City Coalition of Mental Health 
and what they do in particular. And in case you didn't know, there are some 32 different organizations, kind of community agencies, if you will, that provide help all across the Kansas City metropolitan area. They don't care what color your skin is. They don't care what faith you are, how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter. They just want to get you some help. The coalition has a wide variety of experiences. They've been through this. And the bottom line is that they're going to try to help you out so much about this. They're not only going to help you out, but they're going to help out your families as well. So feel free to support and donate today. The Kansas City Mental Health Coalition, they could use your help, and they definitely provide help to so many thousands of people around Kansas City. This charity, my friends, is only the tip of the iceberg. Here's another one. Millions of workers are facing layoffs, limited hours, childcare challenges, and more because of COVID-19. With the support of people like you, the Salvation Army helps pay bills, provide food, and meet the needs of people in Kansas City every day, especially right now. So please, please consider giving and donating now. I want to throw in one more. And here it is. We are all facing a difficult time right now. Some have lost jobs, some have lost their freedoms, and some are suffering with their health. And many people are suffering at home. They might be in a domestic violence situation, and that's where the Hope House comes in. They have been available for years in the Kansas City area to help people who are suffering from domestic violence. But now more than ever, those people may need your help. So please consider making a donation to Hope House. They offer emergency services for people who are trying to get out of a dangerous situation. They also offer a hotline. So if you know anyone who is in crisis, they can call this number 816-461-HOPE. That's 816-461-H-O-P-E. They also offer case management services. This is a comprehensive center that can help a man, woman, or child in a domestic violence situation get the help they need and make sure that they are truly safe at home. Thanks for considering donating to the Hope House. And remember, this is our KC. We're all in this together. Joe, Mark, and Abby, thank you very much. Those three charities that they were talking about are three members of something even bigger. The group is called KC United, and tomorrow night they're going to have a very special evening where not only are Fox 4 broadcasters going to be a part of this, but a lot of others are too. We are going to take a comprehensive look tomorrow night here on the New Directions podcast at the group called KC United. This is a very wide-range charity group. They're all coming together to serve folks affected by the coronavirus outbreak. We're going to talk quite a bit about that. I'm hoping to maybe get some folks from Fox 4 to come on with me to talk about it. I will see what happens one way or the other. But the subject tomorrow on the show is going to be KC United. Join me tomorrow when we talk about that right here on the New Directions podcast. Moving on to final thoughts. 
I want to first of all share the following. Beginning tonight, and it's going to happen as, as I'm getting us out of here this evening. I'm bringing a former Facebook tradition to this show. That Facebook tradition is a birthday list. My birthday is coming up on Tuesday, May the 5th. And between now and the 4th, I'm going to share with you 20 songs. All 20 of which are very, very moving, at least to me. And it's going to be a set where some of you may agree with this, some of you may not. I respect you if you do or do not. It makes no difference either way. But I am going to share with you 20 songs. And we'll start with that as we get out of here tonight. But first things first. I want to share with you some thoughts that I had made. That I I had made originally and had shared with you at the beginning of last week. I want to share with you once again, only this time for tonight. And I want to share the words with you the way I wrote them. Exactly the way. Roy Clark would have been 87 years old today. As you know, he passed away in November of 2018 at age 85. I want to share with you once again, as we get into final thoughts, some words that I was very moved to put together. And I'm not quite there yet. Just a second. Here I am. And I originally wrote these on the 6th of April. Roy Clark would have been 87 years of age on April the 15th. In other words, Roy Clark would have been 87 years of age today. In his memory, I propose the following during this pandemic. The first chance you get, do something nice for someone. It doesn't take all that much. You could smile, say good day, hold the door open. Don't wait around for a thank you. You don't need it. And because of you, that person will do something nice for someone else. And that person will do something nice for someone else and it will spread. And this whole world would benefit because everybody's doing nice things for one another. And I'm paraphrasing the rest of this. We could and should be the ones to start it. Let's start it, friends. This is for love. It's still the best. And this old world, as Doug shared with me tonight, needs it now more than ever. I realize that we're in a pandemic. No more reminders are needed. This is not the world God created in six days. And I refuse to believe that this is the new norm. Maybe a lot of us are wearing masks, but I'm not changing the way I think or believe because of it. Roy didn't change, and I won't either. Rest in peace, Super Picker. And I'm going to go ahead and add a prayer at this point. Eternal God, our Father, thank you once again for bringing the men and women of faith together for Doug's event earlier tonight. Thank you once again for opening our eyes to what you would have us look at. Help us to never, ever 
to never, ever not take this seriously. But help us, at least in some way, shape, or form, to find a way to stay together. It is my prayer, my friends, that we can do just that. Bring us, when we do, when this does end, Lord, bring us together in ways that you know a lot better than we ever did. We that believe in you lift you up tonight. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And for that, that's going to wind things up for the Wednesday edition of the New Directions podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. I will see you on the show tomorrow night as we talk about a lot of charities. Until then, this is song number 20 on my favorite birthday list, favorite birthday song list for this year. I'm going to bring Roy Clark to take care of that for us. I love to do that to him. Now, he'll worry about that until morning. Now, I have a problem here. My main problem is the shape of the back of this guitar and the shape of the front of me. Because you can tell from the side view they're not going to fit. One of them ought to pooch in. But this is a Spanish-flavored song I'd like to try for you that flew up from Cuba about nine years ago, and I put it in a fruit jar and watered it. It never would grow, so I picked it. Now, don't start murmuring to yourself. I'm getting ready to pick it again. If you're taking notes, the name of it is Malaguena. I got to take this plug out. Lest I don't know what I'll remember. M-A-L-A-Guena.